Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. The year was 1775, and a group of 120 delegates gathered together in Richmond, Virginia at St. John's Church to discuss particular matters and their grievances with the crown that is Great Britain. Among the 120 people that were there, approximately 120 people, Thomas Jefferson was there along with George Washington and many others. And several would go up and share their views, their perspectives. And there was a guy who was a little controversial in his day who spoke very extemporaneously. He didn't have any notes and he had no outline. And he was a lawyer by the name of Patrick Henry. And he stood up in that chapel and he began to make a great speech that our world still honors and remembers. But due to the nature of his orator abilities, we don't have the full, complete copy and transcript of the speech. But as he began to share his views about Great Britain and the urgency to prepare for battle, he climaxed at the end of his speech by saying these words, Give me liberty or give me death. The context of his speech was they were desiring freedom from Great Britain. <laughs> he viewed the crown and, and the leaders there as being tyrants. You can go back and read history and find that out. He was not a fan of what they were doing to the colonies here in America. And in a, in a sense, him and along with some of the others, they were desiring their complete independence. In the following year, July 4th, 1776, we read about how they appointed Thomas Jefferson to write, to draft the Declaration of Independence, and many signed it, declaring this land to be completely independent from the land of Great Britain. This weekend, we honor that. But I submit to you today that living in the United States of America is just, it's just a type of a greater freedom our world desires. And today, I want to share with you the thoughts today. I, I want you to walk away with this thought. No matter what lies in the future of our world and our nation or whatever will transpire, I hope that you, instead of fighting for the freedoms in America, you'll fight for one name given among men whereby we must be saved. One name that we can go to the Father by, and that is Jesus. So the title of my sermon today is this, Give Me Jesus or Give Me Death. Give Me Jesus or Give Me Death. Today, as we come to the Gospel of John, we know that this book of the Bible presents Jesus as the Son of God, and he's exactly who we said he was. And in John chapter 8, we know a lot's going on. We see a woman caught in adultery. We see him giving a speech about how he's the light of the world. We see how he talks about freedom. We see how he talks about a lot of different things here. He talks about um, life, and he talks about truth. 
And today, I just want to share with you a few thoughts today from this passage of Scripture as we correlate everything back to here. And I want you to know this, that today, I don't want you to understand, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I am thankful to be an American, but being an American does not mean I'm going to enter the glorious place called heaven. Hear me well today, that just because you live in this land does not mean that you get a bypass free out of the torments of hell and the judgment of God. Being an American, we get to enjoy some of the liberties and freedoms that we have, but I want you to know this, that you will never, ever be free until you become a servant of Jesus Christ. Freedom is only found in his name. In fact, I want to share with you from this passage of Scripture the first few verses here. We read in verses 1 through 11. Here's what I wrote down. I wrote down this. As I'm thinking about give me Jesus or give me death, why am I saying this? Because only through Jesus can we find forgiveness. Verses 1 through 11, we see a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. I mean, in the very act. And the Jewish people, they brought this lady to Jesus, and they said, hey, the, the law says to stone her. What do you say, Jesus? And he knelt down on the ground, rode in the sand as if he didn't even hear them. And he said, hey, if you're here today without sin, throw the first stone. And one by one, because conviction fell upon the accusers' hearts, they left. And Jesus looks at this lady, and she sa he says to her, where are your accusers? And she says, there's none left. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So here's what I wrote down. Forgiveness is only found in Jesus. Today, I'm afraid that we worship the flag more than we worship the God who allowed us to live in this nation. Today, I'm afraid that we care more about the stripes on the flag than we care about the stripes that were nailed to the cross of Calvary. Today, I'm afraid we care more about the stars that are on that flag than the bright and morning star named Jesus Christ. Today, church, it's just a solemn assembly today, and I just want to share with you, I want to bring us back to the attention that Jesus is our God, not America. And you cannot have forgiveness unless you bow to his name, not bow to the state of Virginia or to the United States of America. Have you experienced that forgiveness? Maybe you've, you've been out of the country before. I have. And I've seen what other nations are like. And I know that people are coming all over the world to come to this wonderful nation. But as wonderful as America is, you're not going to be forgiven of your sins by that alone. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hey, maybe there's somebody here today or listening online who, who in a sense is, is caught in a sin like the woman is and people are throwing stones and left and right. And I'm here to tell you something, that if you confess your sin to God, bow before his authoritative power and leadership and declare him to be Lord and Savior of your life, he will not condemn you. I'm thankful what Paul said. He said, there is neither no condemnation to those who walk in Christ Jesus. Today, I don't have to fear being condemned by God because I am a Christian. I know Jesus is my Savior. Give me Jesus or give me death. One day, they may take, they may take away our Second Amendment right. One day, they may take away our first, hey, one day, they might take away every right that we have. But I'll tell you this. 
the hill that I'm going to stand on, the hill that I shall not be moved upon, is that Jesus Christ and through him only is forgiveness of sins. May I share with you secondly? As we move forward in this chapter, Jesus transitions and begins to speak about this thing called light. And he says, I am the light of the world. So I wrote down this. Light is only found in Jesus. I'm afraid that the mistake the modern church has is we've been trying to Americanize our world instead of evangelizing our world. Yes, our nation has a wonderful form of government, but our job as a church is not to march our philosophy of government into the world. Our job is not to march the light of being an American in this darkened world. Our job is to lift up the mighty name of Jesus and share the light of the gospel found in him. Look what he says. He says in verse, in verse number 14. In fact, excuse me, verse number 23. He says these words in verse 23. He said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are not of this world. I am of this world. Verse 24 says, I said therefore to you that you shall die in your sins. For if you are not an American, you shall not die in your sins. Is that what he says? No, he says that if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Verse number 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We have more Bible translations in America than our world has ever seen. We have more churches in America than our world has ever seen in history. We have more Bible colleges. We have more seminaries. We have more institutions that are declaring, quote, unquote, the word of God. But we have a society that is completely biblically illiterate because I believe that the church is failing to do what the church has been called to do, and that is lift up the light of the gospel found in Jesus Christ. We live in dark days, that's for sure. And I want you to know this, that the light of the gospel shines the brightest when it is the darkest. So it's time, church, I'm calling you as an American, as, a, as an individual who experienced the liberties here, to lift up the mighty banner of the cross and to continue marching forward till death do us part. Let's take Jesus or let's take death. As we move forward in our passage, Jesus continues his speech about being the light of the world, and he elaborates on that. And then we get into verse number 30, and the Bible says that after hearing the words of Jesus, many believed. That means they entrusted his word, and they became believers in him. They believed that he was the Messiah, the Son of God. And then in verse number 31, it says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Check it out now, verse number 32, it says this, And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. I wrote down thirdly. Not only light is only found in Jesus, not only forgiveness is only found in Jesus, but I wrote down thirdly. Truth is only found in Jesus. Truth is only found in Jesus. You may not be able to find the truth in the White House. You may not be able to find the truth in the jailhouse. You may not be able to find the truth in the schoolhouse or the outhouse, or the crack house. 
But if there's any place that you should be able to find the truth, it's in the church house. Because here we believe that Jesus is the greatest truth the world has ever seen. Notice, it does not say, I say this respectfully, it does not say, and you shall know the Constitution of the United States of America. And that will make you free. It does not say, and you shall know the Declaration of Independence. And that will make you free. The Bible says the truth. What is the truth? Well, he said it in verse number 31. He said, continue in my word. The truth is the word of God. I'm afraid we live in an age where this concept of relativism. You see, the beauty of America is that we are governed supposedly by the people. And if the people do not agree with what's going on, we have the power to reform the government. And that is great until the majority fails to believe perhaps what we believe. And today we're witnessing the effects of decade after decade of teaching that truth is relative. To, to say that truth is true to you but may not be true to me. Let me just tell you something, my friend. Jesus may not be truth to you, but Jesus is the greatest truth this world has ever seen. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The Bible says thy word is true from the beginning. That is all the way back to the book of Genesis. I believe every truth found in Genesis. I believe in creation. I believe in the fall. I believe in the flood. I believe in the Tower of Babel. I believe in Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. I believe in the, the Exodus. That is Moses. I believe the entirety of the Old Testament. I believe in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Apostle Paul, Peter. I believe all of them because the Bible has proven itself to be the greatest truth the world has ever seen. Today, while we honor America this weekend and our freedom here, we need to understand this, that the greatest truth that we can share with somebody is not our form of government, not our philosophy as a nation, but is the very words of Scripture and Jesus and how it alone is the greatest truth. Let me ask you something. Do you believe in absolute truths? I was once witnessing to a guy one time, and he said he didn't believe in absolute truth. So I said, are you absolutely sure there's no absolute truths? <laughs> Let me ask you this. What is your standard for morality? What is your standard for right and wrong? Well, if you don't believe the Bible then you have to trust man. But if you believe the Bible is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, then every word found therein is true. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. The Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica. The Bible says in Acts 17, because they searched the scriptures daily to see whether those things were so. Today, we don't have to take the professor's word. Today, we don't have to take the president's word. Today, we don't have to take the prince's word. Today, we don't have to take the pastor's word. Today, we have to take the prince of peace's word, and that is the word of God. Have you been made free? Let me tell you something. You will never be free until you know the truth. 
People tell me all the time that money is power and power is money. And sure, it is. But truth is the greatest power our world has ever seen. And that truth is Jesus. You can have this world, but I'll take Jesus. If there ever comes a day in our nation where they say, lay aside Jesus or die, I submit to you by the grace and mercy of God, let's take Jesus over anything in this world. As we move forward, in verses 33 down through 40, 47, we see Jesus kind of transitions and, and, and they asked him and they said, hey, we're Abraham's seed. That is, we are descendants from Abraham and we were never in bondage, Lord. <laughs> We've never experienced, and, and hey, as an American in this age, we have never experienced that kind of bondage like the, the Jewish people experienced back in Egypt and that some of the slaves experienced here on this shore many years ago. And he said, look at it, verse 33. It says, they answered him, we be Abraham's seeds and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And verse 35, and the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. Now check it out, verse 36. Here we want to emphasize. It says, if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So here's what I wrote down. Not just forgiveness is only found in Jesus, not just light is only found in Jesus, and not just truth is only found in Jesus. I wrote down fourth of all, probably the, the emphasis of the sermon today, freedom is only found in Jesus. Listen, you can become a citizen of every nation of this world, and it's not going to bring you freedom. Hey, I know, I know what the Declaration of Independence says. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that men are, that we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights. Check it out now. It, they said this, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Let me tell you something. You can never have life until you have Jesus. You can never have liberty until you have Jesus, and you can never have happiness until you have Jesus. I'm not talking about happiness and life and liberty in this world. I'm talking about happiness and life and liberty in the world to come. Yes, you might experience temporal freedom here in this shore, but you will never experience freedom in the next shore without Jesus Christ. It's interesting. We have, throughout the centuries, in fact, our ancestors probably migrated over here at some point, and they've come some have come legally, some have come illegally because they want to experience freedom. In fact, just the other day, I was witnessing to a Muslim named MJ. And he was, he's from Yemen, a country that's very different than this nation. And he said this that really got me thinking. He said, America has great power because it has great freedom. As I began to share the gospel with him, he said, there's nothing that you can say to me that will convince me that Jesus is the only way. It's more or less what he said. People of all sorts of nationalities are running to America to try to experience freedom from the bondage that they're living in in their other nations. But may I say this? 
that without Christ, this is the most freedom you'll ever have. And let's face it, we love this nation, but this nation surely is not perfect. And that freedoms are under attack right now to some way, shape, and form. And today, I am less concerned about the temporal freedoms that are under attack than the eternal freedom that the enemy is attacking every single day, blinding the hearts of man, trying to shield them from the truth found in Jesus. Are you free? Jesus said, he said these words, that if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I'm thankful today that I'm free, not because I'm an American, but because I'm a born-again, blood-bought, Bible-believing Christian. And may I share with you one last thought with you? If you look at verse number 51, Jesus extends his conversation with these people, and he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never die. Remember at the scene of Lazarus? They said, hey, if you were here, Lord, our brother would not have died. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me shall never die. Do you believe this? My fifth and final thought today is this. Life is only found in Jesus. Years ago, I heard the gospel, and it rattled my cage. It shook me to the core. And I realized in that moment that if I walked through the doorway of death, I'd have experienced the judgment of God. So there I bowed my knee and confessed with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I said, God, forgive me of my sin. God, I'm tired of playing church. And in that moment, my life was radically transformed. The day that you got saved was a day that your life was radically transformed. I wonder, do you have that life and have it more abundantly like Jesus spoke of? Are you prepared to stand before him? Wealth will not get you there. Being an American citizen will not get you there. No matter your nationality, it won't get you there. The only way is Jesus. You know, I find it interesting. St. John's Church in 1775 is not known for proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. It's famous today because Patrick Henry decided that he wanted temporal freedom here on this earth, and rightly so, I mind you. 
or death. I wonder in a couple hundred years, in 245 years in the future, I wonder what this body of believers will be known for. Will we, will we be known for having the eternal freedom in Jesus and publishing it to all the nations? No matter what comes our way in the future, I say this. Give me Jesus or give me death till death do us part. Let's take Jesus. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.